Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining again for another episode of The Event Hustler Show. My name is Liz King Caruso, and I'm very excited to be here with Sarah Vaynerman, who is uh, an event rock star that I've known for many years now, and I'm really excited for all of you to meet her. I'm going to give just a few seconds for people to join, because I know with Facebook Live, you know, you get the notification and then it takes a few seconds to actually click on it. Um, but for those of you who may be watching for the first time, this is technically our third episode where we get to talk with Sarah. And uh, the first time we talked with Christina Renee, who is the CEO of Voila Event Solutions. And for episode two, it was just me, no guest. So we were talking about professional development ideas. So if you guys are just joining and this is the first one that you've heard, um, you can check out the full series on Liz King events on Facebook or on YouTube as well. So you can check them out in both locations and of course on the blog. All right, so let's get started. Um, hi, Sarah. How are you? Hey, Liz. I'm great. How are you? Good. Thanks so, so much for having me. You. Of course. I feel like it's been a while since we've seen each other. It has. <laughs> yeah. It's always great to see you. Yes, I love seeing you. So, you know, I always like to start by just asking you to tell the people who are watching a little bit about who you are, anything you want to tell people so that they can get to know you a little bit better. Sure. Uh, so, hi, everyone. I'm Sarah. I'm the uh, founder and CEO of Work From Ohm. Uh, we are a workplace yoga, meditation, and mindfulness provider. Um, actually, May marks five years in business, so it's a really exciting time. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I'm here to answer all your questions about what we do, how we do it, and anything else on your mind. So tell me how you got started with Work From Ohm. I kind of know the story, but I think other people would like to know. <laughs> um, so my background is in marketing, and I was working um, in marketing on Wall Street for a company that I really um, was not proud to be a part of at the time. Um, I was really, really stressed out and feeling stuck, and I really just took a yoga class to kind of de-stress. You know, I was hearing yoga is really good for, for stress. And I really just wanted like once a week, something that would take my mind off things. And so I started going to yoga. Um, it was awesome. It gave me the boost I needed to leave that job and start marketing consulting. But it just so happened that once I started that, I kept getting the same type of clients that I was working with when I was working in-house. And I felt like I was on this like hamster wheel and I didn't know how to get off. So. I ended up taking a yoga teacher training. It really like changed my life. And I started, you know, a Pinterest board called Work From Ohm because I was passionately curious about how um, these new things that I was learning were impacting my perceptions of stress, my reactions to stress, and if there was really a correlation between these uh, age-old wellness techniques and modern-day stress management. And sure enough, there was. So from there, I started to teach a few classes um, at my friends' workplaces because they were like, oh my God, you've changed so much. You're so much less stressed out. Like you should come do this where I work because everyone's stressed out there too. <laughs> um, and it kind of grew from there really organically. Uh, it started just as like a few of us doing yoga classes. And then before we knew it, there was uh, a lot of demand for that, but also on-site meditation for workshops, for mindfulness trainings. And it, it's really taken on a life of its own. And now we've worked with over 150 companies um, in New York City, 
in Chicago, in LA, in San Francisco, even as far as Madrid, actually. Wow. Um, yeah. And we we do all sorts of stress management as it relates to uh, yoga meditation. And uh, more and more these days, mindfulness is really becoming um, like the bread and butter of our business. So it's a it's an exciting time. And I, I love every minute of it. It's a popular keyword these days, mindfulness. I know. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I think it's such a great thing, though, because especially with technology, people are so bombarded. And then, of course, in the workplace, it's insane and everyone is expected to just keep up you know you just do whatever it takes and busy has definitely been glorified but I have definitely been seeing the shift towards mindfulness and that idea of like busy is not always the best you know what about productivity over busyness and I think it's such a good transition yeah I mean I, I've heard a lot of um a lot of things related to what you're saying and I teach a lot of things related to what you're saying but um, you know, for example, they say that like JOMO is the new FOMO, the joy of missing out. Oh, <laughs> Marie um, Kondo kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, lately I've been on this kick of like, it's not about how much you do or like doing more, but just having less to do and sort of streamlining things and um, grounding your focus to one thing at a time, really being present. Um, and just not being on that hamster wheel that I was once on. <laughs> so how does that practically look in your life? You know, speaking of having a business that you have to run, and we know that there's obviously a lot that has to go into that. And obviously you have personal life and you have hobbies and things. I know you love going to concerts and stuff. How does it look practically to kind of slow things down and, and be a little more mindful day to day? How does that work for you? So um, I've gotten really good at kind of like detaching uh, when when it's time to detach. So there are a lot of people who still practice like the always on mentality because it's so easy, right? Like with the world at your fingertips and instant gratification, you mm -hmm. don't use your brain anymore. You could just use Google for everything. Um, we've gotten really used to just having easy access to our email, to our text messages, to all of our notifications. Um, and I find that that is a huge problem because it kind of forces us to, or it allows us not to be super deep in anything because there's always a distraction. There's always like something else to do. Um, so actually these are some things I teach in the mindfulness in an age of distraction workshop. Um, we have a digital diet. So things like turning off your non-vital notifications, um, designating phone-free zones and phone-free situations, whether like in your home or just in your life, like maybe when you're going out to dinner with your significant other, it's a phone-free zone. Um, or maybe going to the gym, for example. Um, not waking up to the alarm on your phone, but believe it or not, they still sell digital or analog alarm clocks separately really? on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, doing that and being able to let your feet hit the ground, have a cup of coffee, take a shower, decide how you want to start the day. Because so many of us these days, um, you know, pick up the phone because the alarm's going off. And then before we know it, we're subject to the demands on our attention from the outside world. Like the text message that came in after you fell asleep, uh, the Facebook notifications that you really don't care about, the news alerts that you wish you didn't have to see first thing in the morning. And it just like seeps into your brain and into your psyche. And you're, you're on the wheel now. 
Um, I I really believe that we can each make small adjustments and rather than doing like a digital detox um, for like three days or a week and then going back on Instagram to brag about it, um, (laughs) the, the digital diet is a way that we can implement these little sustainable lifestyle changes that can, we can have every day and start to set boundaries on our attention so that we can be really present and we can work uh, more deeply and uh, perhaps a little bit less wide so that we're not juggling a million things and being like the jack of all trades but the master of none. Um, so those are the kind of things that I try to practice and definitely that I, I teach. Yeah, that mindfulness and intentionality is so important. I have definitely learned, and not that I do it consistently, but definitely learned the power of starting your day with intention instead of, like you said, just rolling over and grabbing your phone. And I could spend 45 minutes. Like I've been awake, but I really haven't gotten anything. Yeah. I mean, everyone does it. It's, you know, it's nothing to be like embarrassed or ashamed of. It's literally like our devices are designed to to do that. So rather than, you know, disavowing them entirely. Um, you know, we're human beings. Uh, mm-hmm. We we can make them work for us instead of against us. And I think that's something that um, everybody can can incorporate in little ways, starting right now. Yeah, absolutely. We should turn the Facebook live off. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you know, there is there is a time and a place for there all. Is, of it. <laughs> definitely. And you know, there's such benefits. You can't say that technology, and I know you're not saying that that technology has had a, a horrible negative impact. We let it do what we want, you know, what we allow it. it. It gives us a lot of access and then we can choose how we want to use it. And I'm, I'm heartened by the fact that it seems like things are like society is kind of saying like, this is a little too much and starting yeah. to be more intentional. And I think that's the only way that it will be less of a distraction in our lives. Because like you said, it's our choice, how much time we spend doing these things and when we choose to be connected and when we choose to be disconnected. So I think it's a good shift. I mean, Facebook's like an awesome tool, right? It lets us connect with so many people that we might not otherwise have access to and so many ideas. And I love being here talking to you right now and, and, you know, talking to our communities. Like, that's awesome. But I also don't need to be mindlessly scrolling and like drooling Mm -hmm. at 1 a.m. trying to fall asleep with my phone three inches away from me. Like, there's, you know, there's a time and a place for it. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me more about your career. Like when you were talking about the beginning of work from home, you you were talking about how things were coming very organically to you. You got the opportunity to do a few new things and then you try that, then you try the next thing. And I, I have definitely found that when people are working in line with like their core, who they really are, a lot of you know opportunities are attracted to you. Um, at what point did you feel like, wow, this this is like a legit business and I can really make this something that I want it to be. And what did that process look like for you? Um, So I think I'm just like recently over the last year or so um, getting past that imposter syndrome. (laughs) Um, I was like, yeah, like two or three years ago, um, it started to really become like, oh my God, this is really happening. Um, The first like few big contracts with like, uh, like some of the biggest advertising agencies in the world, um, some of the biggest publishing companies, um, things like that, like when that happened, I was like, wait, is this real? I, I couldn't believe it. And you know, now it's like, um, I know how to talk that talk. I know how to make those deals. Um, I know how to do that work and, and do it well. And it speaks for itself. But um, it wasn't always like that. Like there was a time I would say three years ago where 
once your business starts to really grow and you realize that you have to really step up and be there for it, it's like a really scary place. Like when your side hustle becomes your full-time job yeah, and you didn't necessarily plan for it on that timeline or, you know, it's terrifying. <laughs> um, so we, we started teaching a lot of workshops because there was demand for it and we really perfected them and streamlined them and trained uh, other teachers to teach them. Um, and so we have those and now it's like the next step. So whereas before we were just teaching yoga classes and then just yoga and meditation and then just yoga meditation and these foundational mindfulness workshops now um, I have just launched uh, mindful leadership workshops that are doing really well. Um, another workshop that I'm super excited about called Authentic Excellence. And uh, it's about really garnering, um, you know, to your point about when people are doing uh, something that aligns with their core values, uh, it's probably one of the quickest way to find success because it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. Um, and so there's a workshop about that, about your true north, about uh, saying yes and coming from um, you know a place of curiosity rather than fear of reframing things um, instead of feeling nervous about something, feeling excited about it. Instead of seeing something as a failure, seeing it as a lesson because you're still alive. So it can't be a failure, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, things like that. So I'm super excited about that workshop and uh, now we're we're doing uh actually we haven't really uh marketed this yet but we will be launching a nationwide uh teacher training really soon uh to empower yoga and meditation teachers to take our methods into their own communities and to be able to take our model and teach it in any place that they are oh, so nice. that's, that's really exciting um I kind of learned that I'd rather empower people and really focus on the content and the method rather than on all of the intricacies of a, the business. Because one thing that happened um, to us in the last year or so was our demand uh, and our bookings got so bloated that we became like a people and scheduling management company where we were just sending all of our teachers to all these different businesses. Um, all the time. And when you have like 10 teachers in three different time zones teaching four different types of classes yeah. in one day, like you really have to focus on, on the quality of that. Um, and that became kind of difficult for me uh, because I really would rather focus on the content and on the community building and on the, the impact. So that's where this training program comes in. I'm just so, so, so excited about that. That's really exciting. And I think, you know, when people look at their business and they're like, it's doing really well, and now there are opportunities to scale, I think that people tend to do two things. They either force themselves to do things that are really uncomfortable and then end up kind of stretching themselves beyond their means. And then things kind of go out of control really fast. Like you said, the yeah. quality goes down or, you know, but it's because we think, oh, well, surely the way to scale is to do this, just go global and start making yeah. millions of things. Or you can take a second and say, where, again, kind of that heart-led perspective, what do I really love to do? And where can I invest my time and resources? And and that's a process. I mean, how did you figure out how, which way to go? I, I mean, it seems like you're just kind of 
you know to work from the heart and to do things that you're really passionate about. And I'm, I'm sure that helps you in this process. But I think that's a critical moment for a lot of business owners. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't like a big aha moment, that's for sure. Um, I wish I could say that it was. It was more like several months of being like, what am I doing? How did I get myself into this mess? Like, how did I become a booking company? Yeah. <laughs> no? right. I mean, we, we trained all of our teachers already. Like in New York, we we have um, like two dozen um, trained teachers. Okay. But we would do all the bookings. The clients would come to us and we would secure the teacher and send them out, send the reminder, send the confirmation, the invoicing, the billing. And it's like so many moving parts. And I just started to feel like that was my entire business was about managing these moving parts. And, you know, I think every business uh, to an extent sure. is managing a lot of moving parts, but that wasn't the way that I wanted to do it. And I really had to like look deep inside myself and try to think about what, my core values are what I really want, what makes me happy, what motivates me because that wasn't motivating me. And the bigger that I scaled that model, the, the less motivated I felt. Um, so now I feel really motivated. <laughs> yeah. because I'm just so excited to bring this to bring this method into the hands of um, teachers all over the country and allow them to to, to run with it. Yeah. Um, and support them in it without having to, um, you know, just be like, hey, you go to this client and you go to that client and how did that go? But here's how to be successful and do it on your own. Like to me, that's awesome. And that's that's really um, what drives me. Yeah, I have this um, new philosophy that I've been basically talking about to whoever will listen to me. <laughs> that oh, the world is so <laughs> driven by. Pro I want to know productivity hacks. I want to know, you know, how to do more in less time. And we were talking about this a little bit in the beginning. But my my latest belief is that most people are unproductive because they don't have the vision and they aren't tapped into their core beliefs. They don't know where they want to go and they're not exactly sure what skills they have and how they want to apply that. They've kind of done, I think most businesses start because it's like, oh, there's an opportunity. Let me try it. Oh, another opportunity. Let me try that thing. And, you know, we, I think we all start that way. And then there's a point at which you say, okay, I can't just try everything. I'm not even sure what I'm doing. I don't even know if I like any of this. <laughs> you know? exactly. And until you can figure out like, this is what I really love, then you find all this motivation to start doing the daily tasks. And it's not necessarily that people, like we all have the same number of hours in the day. Yes. So if you're not getting stuff done, it's probably because you don't know where you want to be. You know, you don't have like a driving, motivating force that kind of gets you excited about going where you want to be. Yeah, and it's not easy. Um, and I definitely caution like, you, you can't always just follow your heart. I mean, you, you should mostly follow your heart. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, you have to try, you have to try things and things get hard and things get tedious. Um, no matter what, even when you are following your heart. Yeah. I think it just really takes a lot of um, internal awareness and reflection. And that's something that everybody should be practicing, I believe, all the time. Um, in order to just maintain, you know, it's Mental Health Awareness Week, uh, in order to maintain their mental health and to feel grounded and to feel uh, like they know what they're doing and what drives them. And if you don't feel that, then you have a problem. So, yeah. you know, as long as you feel that, it's okay to have 
to to want to be productive and and it's okay to be bogged down sometimes with tedious things you know we all we all have to put our head down and like get to work sometimes yeah. and it sucks but as long as you're doing it for the right reasons it's okay so yeah i really believe in introspection and in examining yourself and your desires and your goals and having goals um and as long as you do that you know we'll all be okay <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the the bigger vision, you know. Um, we all have to do things we don't want to do. I was just talking to the Ignite participants last night about, um, you know, social media and producing content. And I was like, honestly, the first 200 blog posts you write, no one's going to read them. And it yeah. feels like, why am I doing this? Like, you can be so talking hard. about topics that you're super passionate about, but it takes time and just like the the forced effort yeah you get enough of your voice out there that people are actually hearing it and that they actually care what you have to say you know yeah. so the tedious part we don't get around but the vision helps you see like but